You know, we've been doing this series called The Stories Before uh, the New Testament. Oftentimes, we, we, we tend to kind of keep those at, the, the, uh, uh, at bay there. We, we bring them out every once in a while, but uh, those, they're fascinating stories. They are fascinating stories, and they, they have a, a real meat to them, and they are very, um, they're very good for us as Christians. To, uh, you know, a lot of, we have Christians that say, you know, well, I only go to the New Testament. The Old Testament does teach us a lot about what the New Testament brings us. And so we're spending some time in uh, the, uh, what we would call the Old Testament. Uh, and we are spending time with those stories. We have covered, um, believe it or not, since Neighbors started, we worked all the way through Genesis. Um, when we were meeting in uh, Schillingbridge, you were there, Will. You were actually uh, the first uh, uh, worship leader that we had when we met our first night in Schillingbridge, a Monday night. And we did, uh, we walked through uh, the whole book of Genesis. We went, uh, we did the story of Adam and Eve. We did Noah. Uh, we have covered in, the, in more recent days uh, when we met at the, uh, gosh, we have been nomadic, just like the people in the Old Testament. Not really, but we've been nomadic. We, we met at an uh, uh, apartment complex uh, clubhouse, and at that time we were covering the story of Abraham. Uh, and then when we were here, we covered uh, Jacob, and we've covered, um, well, just, we just covered Joseph. We just went through the story of Joseph. And now, uh, Joseph, we, after that, we are going to cover uh, the story of Moses and the Exodus and that is a fascinating story. And so I'm hoping that you can join us as we continue to tell these stories. Where we are right now actually kicks off right after uh, the story of Joseph. Joseph, very quickly, was a young person filled with brains. He made some great uh, uh, choices in his life, but unfortunately, life uh, and mean people put him in uh, a lot of challenging places. And he made the best of it. And at the end of the story, he is a, um, a right-hand guy of the Pharaoh. In other words, he is a, a, in a place of, uh, of power. And what he uses that power for is to help people during a famine, including his family and his father, Jacob. He brings all of his father's family. Now, that means uh, the entire Hebrew tribe. He brings them to Egypt so that they can get out of the famine and live there and have uh, the things that they need. And so that's where we left the story of Joseph. Now, when we start the story of Exodus, this is some years later. The people of Jacob, in other words, the, 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 the Hebrew community has continued to thrive and they have continued to grow. And so they are, as a culture, as a people, as a tribe, whatever you want to call them, a population, they are expanding and growing. And time has changed enough that there is a new pharaoh in town. And that new pharaoh does not remember the whole Joseph thing of how Joseph saved them and all of this stuff and how much uh, he loved Joseph. He doesn't, he, that's, that's old news to him. It's not important to him. And what he sees is a threat to his community and his power because his his, his neighborhood of Egyptians is being overtaken by these Hebrews. 
the Bible says in uh, Exodus 1, 8 through 10, Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Well, I just said that. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we are. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if he really said let us deal shrewdly. That sounds like a, that sounds like a Shakespearean kind of, you know, Oh, the Hebrews are bothering us. Let us deal shrewdly with them. That will teach them a lesson. Uh, but that's what it says. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, uh, or they will increase, and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from our land. Now, there's a reason why um, he did not want them to grow, but he still wanted them in their land because he could take advantage of that. He worked them. He, by the time that this pharaoh had taken uh, power and everything, uh, the uh, Hebrew community had been repressed. Their rights had not been um, acknowledged. They had not been granted the, 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 the civil rights that everybody uh, was getting in the land. Now, remember, this is still a, a basically a kingdom. It's a dictatorship. But people had certain rights, but the Hebrew people were repressed, and they did not have the same rights that other people had. As a matter of fact, the Pharaoh's idea of controlling the Hebrew population was as follows. In this time, they would have uh, midwives. Midwives uh, were the people that if you were going to have a child, they would be the, like the doctor that would come to your house and they would help deliver that child. This pharaoh, nasty guy, this, 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 his, his idea of shrewdly is to tell the midwives, when you are uh, helping one of these Hebrew women, and he actually calls them these Hebrew women, if you see that they are giving birth to a boy, kill it. Immediately, kill it. That was his way of controlling that population. This is the times that we live in. One thing that we're going to notice about the, uh, the Old Testament is the Old Testament is uh, basically a lot like today. It is not without its violence. It is not without its mean people. It is not without its evil. It is not without its challenges. Uh, it is a, a book that is uh, the, the, the series of books that make up the Old Testament are filled with things that um, are scandalous, uh, vicious, violent, uh, and our job is to see where God is in all of this. That's our challenge as we read this. But he says to the midwives, if it's a male, immediately kill it. Now the midwives, the Bible says that they fear God. They also just have, I think, uh, a heart because they're not going to do that. They, they don't want to do that. To them, uh, a life is a life and that, that's not something that they're going to do. They tell the Pharaoh, uh, look, the, 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 the Hebrew women, they just have babies so fast that uh, they, they don't get to them in time. So they can't kill the baby or help with the birth because uh, by the time that they get to the house, boing, the kid's already there and he's playing Nintendo and all of that kind of stuff. Nintendo, that's aged. Uh, sorry about that. Well, it actually would be new, brand new, for, if we're talking Old Testament. 
Um, but they, they tried to give this excuse to the Pharaoh. And so what the Pharaoh said, he instructed his people that any male child that they would come across, they were to seek and they were to kill. That was his idea of controlling the population. That is, was his idea of how important the threat was to him regarding the Hebrew population. Imagine being that paranoid. Imagine being so scared that you think that a culture of people growing is a threat to you. And his first instinct is that they are better than us and they will overpower us. Imagine that kind of response where you say the only way to control this is to kill every male child. We, we're not in the habit now uh, these days of, uh, of killing that widespread in, in America. Uh, unfortunately, we, we do see a lot of violence and we do see a lot of death and we do see a lot of prejudiceness. We do see, you remember when I said that uh, we're supposed to look at these Old Testament stories and we're supposed to think about where we are as Christians today? I want to stop right there. Now, we, this, this will lead us into Moses and all of this kind of stuff. This is just like one of those um, stories uh, right here where, that just is supposed to kind of just set up the story for Moses. But I want us to park right here for just a second and take a listen to that Pharaoh. The Pharaoh that said, they are growing in numbers. What a threat they are to us. What a threat those people are to us. And I want us to just ponder that just a little bit. Because as, as, as Christians, now remember, as Christians, every day, every day as Christians, we should feel challenged. We should feel challenged to continue to wave the flag of Christ everywhere we go. And the flag of Christ is that of acceptance, of welcoming, of celebration, of love. That is the flag that was not only set at, with Christ, but we will see that it was set by God way, way back in these stories. Because the readers of this story back then are supposed to be appalled by this. They're supposed to be appalled by this. It is not something that we're supposed to say, you know, that makes sense. If, if uh, people came into my neighborhood from a different culture or a different uh, race or, or, or lifestyle and they started to grow in numbers, I should see that as a threat. I should try to control that population. We're not supposed to think that. We're supposed to look at this guy as the enemy, the villain of the, of the story, because he wants to get rid of people that he sees as a threat only because they are growing and thriving. That's it. Instead of saying to himself, gosh, we could really, this is great. We could really learn a lot from their culture. We could learn a lot about, about them as a people. We could, we could share ideas. We could share thoughts. We could really become more than what we are. 
Imagine that. We could become more than what we are. Every time that we step outside of ourselves and learn from somebody else, we become more than what we are. Isn't that, isn't that the key? Isn't that what we're supposed to be thriving to do as Christians? That's why we welcome people. That's why we embrace people. Because together we become more than what we are. Throughout history, throughout history, even though we look at the Pharaoh here in this story as the villain, as the enemy, because he sees another culture as a threat, we have a history of our own of doing that exact, exact same thing. Let, let's look at just, just American history here. The Hebrews, the people that identify as Jewish, this is not an old story to them. If you talk about repression in the time of Moses, they can tell you stories about bigotry and repression here today. Just about a year ago, we saw that happen to one of the places of worship uh, just on the south side of town. It was a victim of uh, vandalism, but it was also a victim of uh, hatred. Damage was done. And I'll tell you, neighbors, uh, I am so proud of this church because we were one of the people in, the, in, in one of the, um, the churches in the community that stepped up and we sent money to them to help pay for the damages. And a couple of us, we even went to a, a, a worship with them. And it was amazing. It was beautiful and it was wonderful. I saw no threat there. The people that say that a growing population of anybody they have been faced with that of they are growing, they're going to be a threat. No threat. No threat. Uh, so much of what we do uh, is based on uh, what we're scared of. There's no fear there. The Pharaoh, uh, there was nothing to fear there. And there's no threat here. We, we've seen it uh, in our Native American population. We have, we have been worse than the Pharaoh in many cases when it comes to the Native American population throughout history. We saw a population thriving. We saw a population of people, beautiful, wonderful people with great ideas, great thoughts. But we saw them as a threat. And in many cases, in many cases, the, the things that we did, we did some atrocious things, some terrible, terrible things. And I can tell you that there are Native American people today that if you tell them the story of Moses, they'll have a connection. 
And they will have a connection not to the history story, but of today. They face bigotry. They face prejudiceness. They face that fear of people that think that they know the right way. The, the, the people that think that they know are the ones that are calling them a threat or wanting to keep any other group down so that they don't threaten what they believe is the right way. That's two. African Americans. This is actually a, a picture uh, on the far left there. That is a, uh, uh, an older Harriet Tubman and her family. I don't need to tell you about African Americans. African Americans during the time of Harriet Tubman, did you know that Harriet Tubman, her, uh, she free, freed slaves and rescued slaves, her nickname in the community was Moses? Because they could identify very closely to the story of Moses and being repressed and being seen as a threat and being uh, forbidden from expanding and growing, not being heard not being respected, not being given dignity. And yeah, it still happens today. There are people that still see other people as a threat. And if they're in our community and that community starts to grow, got to do something to control that. Got to do something to control that. Today we do see acts of violence. We do see atrocities. We do still see it. The Pharaoh way back in history, the second book of the Bible, way back, several of those little thin pages, way back, is saying, I don't want that community to grow because they are a threat to us because they are, what, good? So we must do something to control that population. We must hate that population and here we are today, still doing it. We have still forgotten that the Pharaoh during this story is supposed to be the bad guy. We're not supposed to look at those ideas and say, oh, that makes actual sense. We're supposed to look at those ideas and say, what are you thinking? You moron. These are good people. And they're people. Asian community. Still happening. We have a dark history during World War II of rounding people up that had done nothing and putting them in internment camps because of the way they looked. We saw, if you go, just take a trip to uh, Google it or just take a look at headlines during the time of World War II and see the racism and the names that we put on people. People. Remember, the Pharaoh 
referred to the Hebrews as those people. We're still doing it today. The latest incidence was the whole idea of the coronavirus and how much racism seemed to explode again. People should not be afraid to walk out of their house and be themselves. And nobody should be afraid of a community of people. We're people. Remember, Christians. We are Christians. Our Christians is, is not a hand like this. It's a hand like this. That's what we do. We, we, we are looking at the mistakes that we have made and the question that I want to keep asking you is what are we doing today? Not, not what are they doing, but what are you doing today to rectify this? Hispanics. We continue another culture. Wonderful culture. Great ideas. Beautiful people. And yet the ones that think that they know still think that we are supposed to Control, hate, separate. There are still people that can identify with that Pharaoh. There are still people that can identify with the Hebrews in that story. We've even done it to basically everybody that has ever been an immigrant that has come in, the person from another country that has come into America has faced obstacles that are unnecessary. I tell you, I, it, it doesn't take a brain scientist to know that where America would be without its shared ideas without its shared thoughts, without its shared wisdom, without sharing, welcoming. The more we share, the more we welcome, the more we become better than who we are today. How many people have we not allowed a voice how many people have we not allowed the basic rights, the basic dignity, the basic respect that every human deserves? How many people through history and through today are we doing this to? How many people do we fear just because they don't look, act, sound like we do. Instead of learning, embracing, we build up fences, we repress, we take away their voice.
We've even done it just to women. Women throughout history. You know, to, uh, March is uh, Women's History Month. I, 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 would, I would love to invite you to explore these, these months of uh, last, last year, or last month was uh, uh, Black History Month. This month is Women's History Month. I, I would in, invite you to spend some time as a family and to look at people of history. People that fought for the rights, the basic, basic rights that everyone deserves. That fight for a voice. You know, when we look at the story of the entire Bible, it is about uh, God telling us that there's another way. And that story comes to fruition with Christ, and Christ welcomed everybody into his inner circle. He reached out to everybody, and he welcomed everybody into the kingdom of heaven. That's what we are supposed to do. I, I can't, I can't uh, say this enough. As Christians, we should feel uh, challenged of whether or not we are doing that, but we should also feel enlightened. We should also feel gifted and blessed that we have this knowledge that love actually is the better way. And when you have something that you know is the better way, what better way to spread it than to just share it? People of different abilities. I've seen uh, throughout history, I've seen it uh, in my personal family of people being treated less than because of different abilities. We continue to do that. We, we say we don't, but we do. Elderly people. You reach a certain age, we write you off. You know how many people were saying that it is okay to sacrifice some elderly in order for us, the coronavirus to get, uh, so we can achieve uh, herd immunity and open places up? We're still doing it today. LGBTQ, throughout history, throughout history, many people went to their graves with a, a secret they couldn't tell. I think one of the greatest injustices for any human being is to not be allowed to be your honest self, because I believe your honest self is a direct connection to your soul. And I believe we are to echo the echoes of our souls here on earth. Because I believe it is in our soul where we hear Christ. And I believe that when we are honest with who we are and share who we are, we learn from people. We learn from each other. Do you see the world in any way as the Pharaoh does? Do you see growing populations? Do you see people of different lifestyles? Do you see people of different abilities? 
Do you see people of different uh, ethnicity, race, color, gender? Do you see them as a threat? Or do you see them as a possibility of friendship and of becoming more than who we are? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God of all people, help us to keep our minds open, to keep our doors open, to keep our hearts open. Help us not to be bogged down by a rumored or dishonest threat. Help us to see the truth. Help us to see our neighbor, ourselves, as people that you love. Help us to grow this kingdom of many colors, many cultures, many abilities. Help us to grow this exciting, exciting kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is a beautiful world we live in. And one of the things that makes this world so beautifully beautiful are the, the differences, the, the different things that we see. We look outside, I'm looking out the window right now, there is different vegetation, there's different plants, there's different colors, there are differences. It's not a threat, it's a gift, whatever your differences are. Be your honest self and know that you are welcome here. Love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Amen.